Hey, church, it's Pastor Mike. Welcome to my seven-minute almost daily podcast where we're just trying to adapt to the cultural changes that we find ourselves in, the stuff the pandemic has pushed upon us, pretty much unavoidable. But we're leaning in, trying to figure out how to get better. We call it ReChurch. Hey, nothing worse than Christianity that's not rooted in Christ. Uh, And that's what we're talking about. Nine indicators that your Christianity may be gravitating away from being Christ-centered. Before I jump back into that, for number four in the series of nine, I wanted to make uh, three uh, notes for those who call Vista their home. Number one, uh, Surge, our student ministry led by Darren Curtis and the Proctors, Joe and Amy, um, and others, of course, have adopted 10 families in need. Uh, around this uh, holiday season. If you'd like to be a part of helping them meet some of those needs financially in particular, make sure you contact one of them. Secondly, uh, look for information, videos and such that are promoting uh, a rooted study. We're going to start on January 10th, an all-church study of a gospel-centered basic discipleship study. It's 12 weeks, I already say that. Um, for many of you, it would be a refresher, for many of you, you'll, you'll be reminded of some things that are very good to be reminded of at the beginning of what promises to be another difficult year, uh, but maybe even more purposeful than that is putting a tool in the hands of every person who calls Vista home that enables them to disciple someone in the early stages of faith. And third, um, as you well suspect, to finish 2020 strong. Uh, financially as a church requires what has typically been a bump in uh, giving here at the end of the year. Wanted to remind you of and be transparent about the needs uh, for your sacrificial giving and and all that we're doing. So uh, be attentive to that. And uh, so here we go. We're jumping in. Uh, We're on number four of nine indicators that your Christianity is not rooted in Christ. The first one was your sense of God's affirmation fluctuates relative to your behavior, right? Your assurance of God's love ebbs and flows based on your performance. Number two, you're afraid. Your life is riddled with fear. You're afraid to do some things you need to do and stop doing some things you need to stop. Third, the big things in life matter more than the small things And here we are at number four, you use people. Yeah, your Christian life has gravitated radically away from Christ as the center of it when you meet someone and your thoughts slip very easily to how they can help you, how you could leverage that relationship for some benefit in your life. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down his life for one's own friends. He he took that to the extreme and he said, you should love your enemies. Love them how? Love them how Jesus did. To, To our own suffering, to our own demise, allow betterment to come to our friends and our enemies. 
Paul put it like this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each to the interests of others. It's very important to go through in your mind the relationships in your life and ask yourself this question. Am I using them for my benefit? Or am I committed to their best at my own expense? Think about your spouse. Think about your pastor or your uh, spiritual leader. If you're a pastor or a spiritual leader, think about your congregant. The one in your, in your spiritual family. Are you using them for your own benefit or are you living for their best? First responders. How about that? How about people who seemingly have a life that they are here for your benefit? No, but as a Christian, you should, even, even the first responder, you should see that person as someone you want to make a sacrifice for, for their benefit. Your teammates? How about your girlfriend or your boyfriend? Are you in that relationship because of what they do for you? That's a bad relationship. It's certainly not a Christ-centered relationship. How about elected officials? Similar to first responders. Oh, they're here for me. No, no. That's not a Christ-like attitude. And if you happen to be an elected official, think about your constituents. Look at how that political flavor and that political tenor has changed. They're there to, the constituents are there, right, to vote you into office. No. They are there for you to make sacrifices for and to be there for the betterment of them. Kids, how about your kids? How about your parents? Your business associates. There's another one that falls into that category where it's like, well, no, my business associates are there. My clients are there for me. No, no, no. It's not the Christian attitude. And we don't park our Christianity at the door when we go to work. Our Christian life requires us to have Christ at the center of it, which means no matter who we are in relationship, it is our joy and our responsibility to lay down our life, our aspirations, our betterment for their best. Employee, employer. If you're using people, and we are, it's just a matter of figuring out how and where and who, Christ has drifted from the core of your Christianity. On the other hand, a church full of people who aren't using and leveraging other people to make their own lives better, but are leveraging life and sacrificing their best to help others get better, that's a bunch of Christ-centered Christians, and that's a good church. 